Well, good morning, friends. It's good to be with you again. I recognize several of your faces, and I've met some new friends this morning. So what a blessing it is to be with you today. Friends, will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. One of my very favorite Christian authors named Diana Butler Bass suggested that God's people are like pilgrims, like you and I are pilgrims on a journey through life. And at the same time, we're already always at home in God, she wrote. There is a beautiful tension in scripture between pilgrimage, journeying, and dwelling at homeness. We are pilgrim people. The Bible calls us strangers sometimes, aliens, and wayfarers. Yet one of the Bible's greatest promises is that everyone can find a home in God. That dwelling, the habitation of the holy, it is the source of our wholeness. About 30 years ago, two Christian theologians referred to this tension by saying, God's people are like resident aliens, trying to unfold the movement of pilgrimage with the promise of at-homeness in God. Scripture reminds us over and over again that we are at home in God and God in us. You'll remember Jesus telling his disciples that if we love Jesus and we love God as Jesus teaches us to, live God, to love God, then God will send God's Holy Spirit to dwell within us forever. God dwells here in our hearts, the place where we are made whole in relationship with God, where we know God and where we are fully known and fully loved by God. That's our at-homeness in God. We are always already at home in God, and at the same time, we journey through life. We are pilgrims moving through all the seasons of life that lead us at times through thickets of tangled wilderness. We're thinking about that now during Lent. And sometimes we are led through clearings bathed in soft spring sun. Sometimes we may feel like strangers in unfamiliar territory, and other times the company, well, it just feels like kin. As we travel through all seasons and places, the promise of being already at home in God gives us hope. And in it, we find the courage to be who God calls us to be in the world and to do the things God calls us to do. When I think about a biblical character who exemplifies this concept of resident alien, both already at home in God and a pilgrim along life's thorny journey, well, I think of Ruth, and you've all been thinking about her over the last few weeks. Ruth's story is remarkable in that she is an alien in the literal sense, traversing unfamiliar Israelite territory. 
She's left vulnerable because she is a foreigner, a Moabite traditionally looked upon with skepticism. And because she's left the security of her family behind to be with her mother-in-law, Ruth, who has also lost two, three beloved people, her husband and her sons, one of whom is Ruth's husband. Together, Ruth and Naomi are like wayfaring exiles. They're being let go of from a life of well-being, and they are searching for a means of survival. Two women living in a system that put them at the bottom of the social hierarchy, particularly as widows. And yet, as you already know, Ruth chose to stay with Naomi rather than returning to what could have been a safer option, where at least she might have better chances of having her needs met. But Ruth, it seems to me, had already begun to understand something about this being already always at home in God. You remember, she put her trust in God of the Israelites when she said to Naomi, my God is your God. She knew something about the promise Jesus would later make, that if we love God, God will dwell within us and we never have to be alone, no matter what struggles we are facing. She knew that in God was where she would find her security to go on. And that gave her the courage to do some remarkable things and to be the remarkable person God called her to be in the world, no matter where her pilgrimage led. So far in the parts of the story of Ruth you've explored, we see evidence time and time again of how God worked through the struggles of Ruth and Naomi to provide a way for them. We see how God kept his promise, his covenant promise, time and time again, providing them with a word in Hebrew we call hesed. Hesed is a word that means steadfast, loving kindness, ever presence, loyalty, love. In fact, it means so many English words that I'm just gonna use the word hesed in Hebrew because it captures all of them at once. Because of God's hesed, his loving kindness, his loyalty, Ruth and Naomi came to know their kinsman Boaz, who, by modeling hesed himself, would offer them a means for life. Even Ruth herself, in chapter 3, as we've just read, was the image of hesed to her mother-in-law, Naomi, and to the God of Israel. It was her radical faith, and really I don't use that word radical lightly, it was radical. It gave her the courage to boldly live into God's call. God's call came this time in the form of Naomi devising a plan for their security. And although the story and even the chapter we read today is short and sweet, let it not be lost on us that Ruth was bold, bold in all senses of the word, pledging loyalty to her mother-in-law who had nothing to offer, 
a God who was new to her, all while an alien in a foreign land, now invited into the threshing floor, where women were typically not allowed. Yes, indeed, it was a radical move to carry out this plan of Naomi's. Biblical scholar Phyllis Tribal put it this way, while the subject of marriage itself is ordinary and traditional, the plan of these two women was dangerous and shocking. So radical is their scheme that it's seldom repeated from the pulpit. So be aware, <laughs> I'm going to mention it today from the pulpit. <laughs> Ruth went to Boaz at night in a room full of sleeping men. And she uncovered a part of his lower body and laid down beside him at his feet. Women were not expected to behave this way. And friends, her bold behavior didn't stop there. When he was stirred by her presence, Boaz said, well, who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your cloak over me, for you are my next of kin. Naomi had told her that Boaz would make the next move, but that's really not how the story goes. It was Ruth who took the initiative, asking Boaz to spread his cloak over her, or his wing, as some translations have it. This spreading of a cloak or a wing is in, in reference to Boaz's early promise in the field to pray for her, to receive God's blessing, like a wing that would cover her and protect her. Ruth was holding Boaz accountable to his promise, asking him to be the instrument in the occasion of divine blessing in her life. In their culture, Boaz would have been, or could have been, offended that a woman could be so bold. Instead, he commended Ruth's radical faith. He blessed her saying, this instance of your loyalty is even better than the first. Do not be afraid. I will do for you all that you ask. I will take you under my wing and you shall survive. He said, Lo loyal, loving kindness, the same kind we see modeled in Christ who tells us, do not be afraid, not as admonishment, but as protective love, all encompassing, all embracing. Friends, Ruth is bold because she essentially proposed to Boaz and he accepted with the condition that he was the right person in line for such a promise. And in so doing, she moved Naomi and she moved herself from despair and bitterness, from emptiness to fullness, and restored her faith and her mother-in-law's faith in doing so. And because of Ruth, we too can experience God's hasted and renewed love for us as we journey through Lent and have Easter morning in our hearts. Because as you remember, Jesus is Ruth's own kin. Her name is one of few females listed in his lineage. God called Ruth to be an instrument in God's plan 
the redemption of broken people and broken systems. And friends, she responded radically faithfully, living boldly into her call as a resident alien. Ruth's story also invites us to consider how God calls each one of us to be an instrument in God's redeeming plan. Ruth responded to God's call with radical faith, taking risks with Boaz that could have very well cost her her life. Do we respond with, to the same kinds of difficult circumstances with compassion and steadfast love as if our own lives depended on it? Or do we exhibit said to God only when it's safe for us to do so? What are we willing to risk to be agents in God's plan to redeem the world? Friends, Ruth's story also brings us face to face with the reality of loss and uncertainty along life's journey, our pilgrimage. And it encourages us, like Ruth, to lean into the love of God who dwells with us no matter where we go. In his book, Gifts of the Dark Wood, Pastor Eric Elms suggested that the experiences of uncertainty, like the one Ruth would have experienced as she dared enter the threshing room floor, well, these experiences are as critical for finding our way through life as they are unavoidable. Because these experiences, they invite our discernment and they help us to recognize God's calling on us and our lives. Often these moments are like a spiritual awakening and they present themselves not in the absence of struggle or loss, <clears throat> excuse me, or uncertainty, but deep in the heart of it. Through her loyalty, loyalty to Naomi, Ruth lost a lot, the security of her old life, what was known and familiar. But like Pastor Elms pointed out, the loss of a new life was in the process of giving way to something new, new life. It's precisely the experience of uncertainty that developed a deeper sense of trust that emboldened Ruth to follow a call into uncharted territory that would lead to something new beyond her imagination. Friends, I wonder if you'll consider yourself today a resident alien, kind of like Ruth, moving through the seasons of your life, Lent and beyond, as pilgrims, crossing rough terrain and spots of beauty alike, trusting that you, that I, am already always at home in God who dwells within me so long as I love God. With the radical faith of Ruth, will you consider living boldly 
into those spaces and places where God is calling you to be an agent in God's will to redeem the world. As we together continue our pilgrimage through Lent, let us trust in God's continued hayshed, modeling it ourselves as we keep the hope of Easter in our hearts. Thanks be to God. Amen.